Please be seated. When I first thought about uh, coming here at this time of year, it seemed a little odd to be in this kind of transition, the, the second Sunday of Christmas. You know, Christmas, in my imagination, is you know, the time of peace and goodwill, uh, family time kind of settled. Uh, of course, there's Chris stress about Christmas and things like that that happens along every family, but most of the time, don't you get this kind of night before Christmas feeling and all this sort of stuff. And yet here, for me, I'm starting a new ministry and, and you're in the transition process and there's some grief going on and uh, uh, lots of uncertainty and things like this probably about the future. And so it seems odd to put Christmas and this together. But if you really understand Christmas, it's not odd at all. Because Christmas, if, if you read the story and the whole story, it's not all, you know, fluff and snowflakes and stuff like this. It's, it's, it's more like Nightmare on Elm Street than it is, uh, uh, you know, the night before Christmas. Uh, you know, Mary and, and Joseph had to take the baby Jesus and run for their lives because Herod was chasing them out through the thing. The, the, the image of, of the gospel today had all sorts of different images there. Um, there was Bethlehem, which brought the image of David, King David, up. And then there was Egypt, of course, where they, they fled to Egypt, which brought Moses and Joseph, not, not, the, uh, not the father of Jesus, but Joseph with a many-colored coat, Joseph, and his descendants. And then when they were uh, in slavery, how that king killed all the babies because they were too powerful. And it left out the part about how Herod killed all the babies, trying to get to Jesus there. And so what you see is this story about Jesus being born into a world that was just fraught with danger, fraught with uncertainty, very real terror. And it tells us something about the nature of God and the nature of humanity and, and something about our capacity for evil and something about God's capacity for good. Jesus descended from both Abraham and David, descended for the Gentiles, the wise men that came from him there. They were looking for him. They brought him uh, uh, gifts that, you know, the images of them, the frankincense and myrrh, uh, both the gifts for the king and for the burial. There's an odd thing that we recognize in this Think about it. The two great feast days of the church, Christmas, Easter. These are the times when Jesus is the most fragile. 
These are the times when God from God is at the most danger. This is a story of immense self-sacrifice. This is the time, this is the time when God put God's very self in danger. There are folks who think that maybe, just maybe, the very nature of God changed in this. And whether you think about the crucifixion or not, and, and Linda, my wife, and I have talked, well, you know, sometimes in the Christmas season, folks just can't help but put Easter in those messages that you get about it at the same time. We can't just go for Christmas. I, I think the Episcopal Church is pretty good about it, celebrating that great mystery of the incarnation just by itself as God's gift to the world. But if Jesus was born and fully human, then at some point, he was going to experience death. What a sacrifice. What an offering of love. So born into this world, born into the world, just as you and I are born into the world, flesh, just as you and I are flesh. The incarnate word of God is born into a situation with this immense history, fleeing, from a king, Herod. Now Herod, well, there was a saying in Rome, it was, it was safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's child. Herod had killed his brothers, had killed some of his sons. He was ruthless. This particular Herod, known as Herod the Great, was a masterful architect, had done some wonderful things, had rebuilt the temple, had built other things, had, had done all these wonderful things there, was hugely powerful, but died insane. This immense sacrifice of God helps us understand something about the love of God. And wherever the... the the birth of Christ happens into the world, that happens, it brings into us the possibilities of hope, the possibilities of joy. God, having created us, gives us the possibilities of recreating love, joy, peace. These are the things that the Spirit of God brings within us. And in these troubled times, and, and, you know, I see everyone wearing masks, and I'm so thankful for that because, you know, the, the newest strain of COVID is, is very transmittable and things like this, and so we need to be cautious again. And I know everyone's so tired of it, very, very tired of it. And, and, you know, when I was in seminary 30 years ago, no one ever mentioned that you might come into a parish with a thousand people and try and recognize them while they're wearing masks. <laughs> it, it's a whole new world that's out there. Christmas is a time where you reunite with folks, with people, and yet our society seems to be so broken that um, conflicts are no longer mild. People are afraid of any kind of conflict because people seem to get so nasty about it these days. Uh, um, I have folks who, uh, people, relatives, sisters, okay, that disagree with me politically and I'm kind of afraid to talk with them about it because it's so harsh and that's a shame. 
maybe we as the people of God, maybe we as people of light and hope and understanding and generosity, maybe we're the way that God's going to work in this world with so much stress and so much darkness and this King Herod that just kind of holds out there. Maybe it's our time. Maybe it's our time to shine. Maybe it's our time to bring peace to the world, to bring light to the world, to be that place, to be those people who help other people understand that conflict is not the way of life, that peace and restoration and self-giving love is the way of life. This is the way of the future. This is the way of abundant life, that anything else leads to death. See, wherever the Christ child is, the Herod waits. Wherever we find love and life and healing, there's that little part of us that wants to stop that, to tell us we're not good enough or we're not able enough or instead of depending upon God to be our king and our light, that we should do it all ourselves, to be self-serving, self-dependent. This is the struggle for us as the people of God, to let this newborn king be the king. And this is why we're here today, I think, both for Christmas and for other times, because that spirit of Christmas is so hard to keep. Years ago, uh, and you know, as good Anglicans, we know that Christmas starts on Christmas Day, right? And lasts 12 days, it goes for it, so we're still in the Christmas season. It was the day after Christmas, and this was the time before you could put in your credit card at the gas pump, and I went in and got some gas, and I went into the little station, and the lady was behind the counter, and uh, I gave her my money, and I said, Merry Christmas, and she said, Merry Christmas, a day late. And I knew that it was over for her, you know. This was the day after Christmas, and it was gone. And so far and so often for us, that spirit of Christmas of generosity, of light and peace and hope for the world and for ourselves and for our families just kind of dissipates over the course of the years as, as the, uh, the spirit and the, the dragging us down kind of settles in. Maybe we get a little dose of it at Easter again, but then there's that long ordinary time or, or the season after Pentecost where we, we drift in and out of it that comes where wherever the Christ child is born, Herod waits to just kind of suck the life out of it. So how do we nurture that Christ child? Well, we can't run away to Egypt and, and come back when he's grown. So I think it's very simple, doing the things that you're doing today, and it has to do with worship and prayer and, and action. And this is a kind of a Benedictine model where you come together with worship both corporately and you spend a little bit of time maybe in prayer on a daily basis, and there's all kinds of things that are online. There's forward day by day. There's all these sorts of things. And I'm not talking about uh, huge chunks of time, but I'm talking about uh, some sort of daily understanding where you try to connect with God. And the world we live in makes it a little bit harder
for us to connect with each other as a group. Uh, and, and I have this, I still want to shake hands with folks, but I know that uh, I, I may not be able to do that because of the, the COVID and things like this. And I still have that, I'm, I'm going to try not to do that because some of you may not want to do that. And I don't want to impose that on you, but it's a habit that's really hard to break. And so if you don't, if I stick my hand out and you're cautious about it, just, you know, tell me thank you or something, but don't do it and uh, that. But we can connect with each other spiritually and, and more than this, even wearing the mask and even making it more difficult than that. You know, um, that's part of the role of the priest. When I talk with the, the wardens uh, about coming here, um, I, I know my time here is short as an interim, and what I told them that I'd like to focus on is the stuff that's in the prayer book uh, about what a priest is supposed to do, and that's pastoral care and preaching and teaching. And, that, um, and I've met some of the folks here, and you've got wonderful folks here in leadership, and, and the leadership of the parish is going to continue to be with the, the leadership of the parish in terms of a lot of the other things that are going on here. And so my hope is to be um, good with pastoral care and, and other things that are coming on. And so if you need that, please let me know. I barely know where my office is right now, so, uh, but I, I will find it, and I will find you or your home or wherever you would like to meet as, as we can do that. Now is the time. In the time where things can be so discouraging if you watch the news and, and being kind of semi-retired, I have watched way too much news. And so I am glad to be working full-time again, at least for, for the time that I'm here, so that I can get away from all the bad stuff that's going on and get to know you and get to know the parish because I believe that parishes and churches are the salvation. They are the light of the world and we are the way that Christ is going to be active in the world. And this parish has its, play, its part to play. So I encourage, I encourage all of you to be a little bit like Scrooge and keep Christmas in your heart all year long. Be that beacon of light in a world that so desperately needs it. And so I'll close this uh, talk, this sermon. I'm not sure exactly what it is this morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs>